Yeah. Uh, how did you? How could you guess it? Because you know, I mean, like I'm really uh, fucking smart, right? <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City. Fish and beavers. I, I've been depressed. Banged her. Earn, earn. Listen up. He comes a show that gives you a reason to it's live. This fucking penis. There's no place like home for the holidays. At least that's what they say. And even hardened criminals Sorry. and balls can sometimes get the Christmas spirit. For instance, an ex-con gave cops in the Bronx a very nice gift, which helped them close the book on a years-old unsolved murder. 41-year-old Eugene Villani no, walked no. into the 50th precinct no, station no. house in Kingsbridge and turned yeah, himself yeah, in yeah. for the grisly, deadly stabbing of a 62-year-old homeless man at Van Cortlandt Park in June of 2013. Villani admitted stabbing uh, Effigento Delatore multiple times in the chest, adding that the park regular was trying to rob him. Though homeless, Delatore was employed as a collector. Uh, he collected, appraised, and resold lost golf balls. Uh, Villani is charged with murder and weapons possession, and not a moment too soon. Uh, Villani, according to the State Department of Correction website, uh, he has been out of prison since 2016 after serving two years in prison for attempted assault. Records show he was also behind bars for six years for attempted burglary before being incarcerated for a time in Florida. Having spent a significant portion of his adult life in the slammer, who can blame Villani for getting a little homesick around this time of year? After his arraignment in Bronx Criminal Court, he was held without bail behind bars just in time to spend Christmas at home. Yeah, don't ever believe that just because a man stabs a homeless guy in the chest that it means he doesn't have a heart. Uh, joining me now, Seth Barron. Hey, Seth. Oh, hi, Pat. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Aren't you glad you're not institutionalized by, you know, the 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 uh, criminal justice system? Yes, I'm very glad. <laughs> I, I, I think every day that I'm glad that, I, that, that I'm not in jail. Yeah. I mean, what a, what, I, it's hard to imagine a worse place to be. Do you ever kind of feel like you're destined to go to prison? Yes, I have had that feeling. Yeah, I, it, it's weird. Like that, it just is like bound to happen. It's yeah, I think like someday. How could it not happen? How could I stay within the you know very the strict confines of the law right. my entire life? Because and the funny thing is, it's not like I'm so much of an outlaw that it's really like a question every day as to whether I'm going to prison or not. Right. Like I don't do anything. I, think I had this Kafka esque fear that I could be just picked up. I mean, people get railroaded all the time. Yeah, and basically you know, once framed you get or. Just trumped up charges, thrown into prison, and then you never hear from them again. Maybe your wife or your, I don't know, like a sister or somebody will be like, no, that's not true. It's not fair. We have to, everybody has to, you know, sit around the kitchen table and mailing out petitions and stuff like and that. And we treat them like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name's wife over at Penn State, you know, who's like, oh, no, he didn't do like anything. Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> He's right. innocent. Right, right, right. Uh, totally in denial. Yeah, but basically, it, once you're arrested, everybody's going to assume that you're guilty and uh, forget about you. Yeah, and that's uh, that. That is a fear. Well, this guy is happy to be back in, as uh, Morgan Freeman said. You know, after a while, you start to not mind the bars, and then eventually uh, you come to depend on them. And I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what happens. Now, my ex-girlfriend is still in jail, still on Rikers Island. Yes, Pamela. Uh, Pamela Bookbinder. Bookbinder. In fact, I think her birthday was this week or next week. Mm. It's going to be a. It, wait, is it is it this week or next week? I, don't I mean, know. you really don't. I, I assumed that you weren't quite sure, but if you think about it, can you can you can you recall it? Her birthday. I bet you it's like in her Wikipedia page, which she almost undoubtedly has. So <laughs> she might. Uh, I think it might have been December twenty first or something like that. Okay, it's around now. 
And uh, what did you get her this year? I mean, because, you know, she whatever you got her this year can be a lot less than what you gave her last year, and she'll appreciate it a lot more. Right. Like if I get her a uh, tinfoil packet of mackerel. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I never really got her anything for her birthday. I mean, we didn't really go out Oh, I see. Long. Yeah, it's not that kind of relationship. It's around now. Yeah, the most recent story from October 21st, uh, where she... Uh, She's looking very Meryl Streep-esque in this photo, you know? Kind of. Yeah, like like Meryl Streep would play her in the movie, no question. Sure. Uh, although Meryl Streep is considerably older than her. At this point. She looks a little older than she her does. age. She uh, does. I think that it's hard on a person being uh, insane and accused of, uh, and also being locked up in Rikers, obviously. It oh, yeah. Now, uh, according to a new survey, most women in New York, this is out just today, most women in New York City have cringeworthy bodies. Huh. This is a survey brand new today in the New York Post, and it says, uh, <laughs> I'm not reading it directly from the Post, but extrapolated from it. According to a new survey, most women in New York City have cringeworthy bodies. The reason is simple. Roughly three out of four women are so obsessed with food that the majority of the women surveyed report never giving a thought to the lack of love or sex in their lives. A survey was conducted to shed light on women's mm. per, uh, perception mm. of their wellness. Now, wellness, is this like a um, Charlene McRae initiative? Uh, no, it, this was by, uh, she's not mentioned. Okay. The survey of women between the ages of 25 and 65 was conducted by Everyday Health oh. to shed light on women's perception of their wellness in the current climate of near daily sexual harassment claims and high infertility rates, said Lisa Kennedy. That's the website's executive vice president. Now, now Pat, when, when you say that three out of four women have cringeworthy bodies, does this mean? Roughly three out of four. That they find their own bodies cringeworthy? Yes. Okay, so they don't like to look at themselves naked in the mirror. Poor body image doesn't help when it comes to to thinking of themselves in their birthday Mm. suits. So, Pat, what's the answer? Is the answer more... um I think women need to feel more affirmed. Well, obviously... I think, we, I think women need to we, feel more beautiful, more okay. accepting. We have, we have to have more acceptance. Well, first of all, I think it's, there's a tendency to think of this as a failure, and I think that putting failure on a label of failure on their emotions is unhealthy. Right. However, uh, we and, and, and really, who has put them in this position? Uh, obviously, society has encouraged them to think of themselves as uh, as givers rather than takers. Yeah. And that's a problem. So here's what the article says. City ladies agree. Food beats sex. Even man-eaters prefer eating over men. Oh. Over 74% of Big Apple ladies crave, quote, amazing food over, quote, amazing sex, according to a new survey of the 3,000 women by the health website. Now, and here's a quote here. She says, I'll take buttery shrimp fajitas over a night of sex any day, said Ari Ketek. And she said, they're always delicious and even sexy. Mm. The 26-year-old Brooklynite, as if we didn't know, thinks most men simply, quote, don't know how to please a woman. Mm. A lot of them don't know up from down when they're messing around in that area. She said, it's like a free-for-all, and it's awkward to have to keep correcting them. It's almost like a buttery shrimp fajita down there. (laughs) She prefers a good meal because it's, quote, only about you. She said, there's never a part, she said, where you have to do something someone else wants or exert effort in some way. So I think maybe you don't know how to please a woman or a man. Yeah, right. You know? And now Maya, 39 of Manhattan, confided, when you have a really good meal, you enjoy everything about it from start to finish, from the atmosphere to the service, and, of course, the way it tastes. With sex, one part of it might be good, like climaxing, 
but the entire thing usually isn't. Jennifer Chen, 23, of Manhattan declared, It's no contest. Food is better. You remember that great restaurant where you had that amazing dish, but you don't remember the exact date you had good sex with someone. So she's comparing an amazing dish to good sex and saying you don't remember the exact date. Mm. You might remember the location yeah. in the same way that you remember, you know, the restaurant where you had that dish. So she's is isn't that funny? That's that's the logic of women and the way they think. She's comparing she's like you of course you remember the restaurant and you don't remember the exact date you fucked somebody. Right, right. You you remember sure. where the fuck you were. Right. You remember and, where and you had that dish and who it was. <laughs> right. Well, you know, these kinds of articles, they, they come out. It sort of reminds me of those T-shirts like, why beer is better than a woman. You know, I, I just don't take it very, I don't, I don't take it very seriously. Oh, no, this is serious. This is dead serious. You know what else it reminds me of? Do you remember the this cartoon is, uh, Kathy? Gordon's. Yes, Kathy. Fat like, Kathy. Yeah. You know, why chocolate is is... Chocolate never lets you down. Kathy Ack. <laughs> the survey of city women uh, between the ages of 25 and 65. The results were released exclusively to the paper of record, the New York Post. They also found only 22% of ladies are, quote, satisfied with their sex lives, while 16% reported never having satisfying sex. Wow. That's a really fine line between those two things, though. You know? Say it again. 22% satisfied. 60%. They never have satisfying sex. 60%? Or 16. 16 Yeah, they never have it. Well, what never about the other, like, 70 They're probably the ones that go, like, sometimes sex is good and sometimes it's bad. Yeah. And uh, even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Right. Uh-huh. Right. The, you know, normal ladies, maybe. What percentage say that they always are satisfied? 1% of women also swallow. Those are the type of women who are satisfied. Yeah. you got to combine your food experience with your sex experience. You know? You may be onto something there, Pat. Yeah, you know, because a clit is really like a tiny buttery shrimp. I like it. It's like a shellfish. It's like a little. You can't be selfish when you're eating that shellfish. That's what I think of That's when I'm down one. there. It's like a buttery little prawn. Only 25% of women have orgasms through intercourse, said Dr. Christiana Northrup. Uh, she's a national wellness expert and former OBGYN professor yeah, at Maine her? Medical remember Center. Her? She used to be on TV all the time. Did she? I seem to Until remember. the allegations. <laughs> yeah. I seem to remember her on PBS like constantly. She says a very PBS type thing. We shortchange ourselves by failing to understand the true power of our pleasure. Mm. Okay. Power of your pleasure. Yeah. It's funny. They have to equate it with power in order to make it good. Uh, the, ex- the extent of the clitoral anatomy. Now, I don't know what that is. Clitoral. What does that mean? The clitoris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, inside and out. It wasn't even known in medical circles until the last five years or so. She says, now... That's that's a point to the men, you know. Like, yeah, medical science does hasn't only known this shit for five years. Give us some time to catch up. Right. right. I don't subscribe to all those monthlies, you know. To JAMA. What do I know about uh about your your recent developments and findings in the anatomy, you know? And guys who like who try to do research into it by like like cutting up women, right? Muslims. They get no. I mean, actually, like cutting into them. Oh, like not cutting the clitoris up. off, but chopping them chopping up. Chopping them like, up. Those guys oh, get yeah. like totally like shit on. Well, let's just say that their contributions are not valued <laughs> okay, let's by society. Yeah, but uh, it says local ladies aren't letting the lack of fireworks get them down. More than 50% said they never worry about their love or sex lives. Only 16% think about it daily. So here's the conclusion that I draw. 
maybe if you didn't eat so much buttery shrimp, you wouldn't have such a cringeworthy body. I think you may have stumbled to the real answer. Uh, you may recall our coverage of the vampire, uh, the pigeon-eating vampire. Oh, yeah. Is there a follow-up? Uh, from the New York Post. Uh, and the title uh, of the story, worth noting, the uh, the headline, Deal-Eyed for Count Parkula. Uh, this is the guy who bit the heads off a couple of pigeons. No, he didn't bite them off. He tore the heads off and then... With his teeth. Oh, with his teeth? Yeah, which would be oh, not biting necessarily. Oh, I thought he the heads off and then upended the body to drink the blood. They might have soft-pedaled that for, you know, uh, yeah. easily triggered readers, because they do often hold back that way. <laughs> Self-proclaimed vampire, 34-year-old Daniel Ventra who bit the heads off two pigeons in Bryant Park to slurp their blood, could be looking at a plea deal. Uh, you may recall, like we uh, last August, taken into custody after snatching up the birds and tearing their heads off with his teeth. With blood dripping on his shirt, he proclaimed, I'm a vampire. I love to eat and suck the blood of pigeons. Is that really what a vampire does? Oh, yes. Um, I think they, vampires... Uh, virgin pigeons. Exclusively want human blood. Uh, you know, th- that's really, the you know, thematically the main issue with what he's doing here, yeah. Um, because that's I've never heard of like if vampires could dine on on pigeons, pigeon blood, then nobody would care. They would actually be quite helpful, especially eternal life. They're they're gonna live forever and do that. That's true. Nobody would nobody would really care. They do it at night, you know, when nobody has to see it. Yeah, nobody would care. Nobody would care. Vampires would be a completely uninteresting category. Yeah. They would be like, man, those are weird. They're weird. There wouldn't be anything romantic about it. Certainly not. <laughs> His, no movies about them. It'd be like a, like one but of those. They wouldn't be very sexy. Yeah, I don't think so. His attorney, Caitlin Hall, told Manhattan judge Josh Hanshaft that he and uh, that she and prosecutors were hammering out an unspecified treatment based agreement with her client, who. It's noted in the article stood groggily by her side. Uh, he had actually spent the last three hours before his appearance sleeping on the floor in the hallway <laughs> outside the courtroom. When uh, the judge spoke to him, uh, he, he uh, responded saying, I'm awake. It's always good to know. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Pat Dixon. I hope you're enjoying the show. You know what I enjoy about this show? No ads. This is kind of an ad, but forget that. Go to patreon.com slash patdixonnyc. That's how the show keeps going, through contributions on patreon.com. Go to patreon.com slash patdixonnyc. Well, yeah, not, it wasn't her pubic hair. It was on her actual, you know, vagina. On her vagina. Yeah, right where she would uh, drag it across. Do you uh do you think Daniel uh, Venter here? He looks like uh he looks like he's from the Belushi era a little bit. Yeah, he sort of looks like he look he um, looks like Bluto if Bluto was ever worried about anything. He, he kind of looks like he could be um a professional actor pretending to be a vampire. Yeah, this is like maybe this is his audition. You know, people do crazy shit like that sometimes, but I don't think that's it in his case because if he's really selling it, if that's the case, you know, I, I don't. This is a very New York thing that happened to me the other day. I don't know if you've had it, but I I, I was at uh, I got out at Penn Station after riding up from where I live, and I was on my way to the studio, and when I get off the train and then standing he had been waiting for the train and he was waiting for other people to get on the train and i said i think that's bill murray i'm i that's i'm pretty sure that's bill murray and i look a little harder and it wasn't bill murray it was uh it was just some old woman (laughs) (laughs) this is yeah that's the pigeon eater i i I, it's an unspecified you know a treatment-based thing i went i so what sort of uh treatment do you think he requires there must be a drug element it must have been something that made him go fast if he's sleeping at the courtroom i think they're going to um no 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 it's it's a behavioral based therapy where they um they bring him to um an aviary Uh and um teach him to um care for birds we're going to teach him uh 
why um, birds are um, our friends. They're our okay. feathered friends. Yeah, and then they're going to, but not pigeons. They're not. And then our they're also going to, uh, and then that rotates with uh, shifts at a chicken processing plant. <laughs> <laughs> Almost nothing smells worse than a chicken processing plant. If if you've ever been down in uh, Georgia. Say uh, just south of the Tennessee border, around Dalton, Georgia. Okay, Dalton, Georgia, filled with chicken processing plants, and it is a terrible smell. But the rancid smell of rotting curds, which has been seeping out of a recently closed cheese shop, is causing concern among neighbors who fear the unrefrigerated cheese could draw rats. Uh, I'm sure it would. Where is this? In the East Village. It's a place called East Village Cheese. <laughs> At 80 East 7th Street. Okay. They mysteriously closed earlier this month without notice. Just shut the door and no sign or nothing. They're just like not open anymore. After about 10 days, neighbors said they began to notice the smell. Julia Knox, uh, owner of East Village Hats. She said the smell of cheese is seeping into my hat shop. And I'm looking for ideas for how to get the place emptied before it rots. Uh, My biggest concern is that the smell is going to be unbearable pretty soon and a and a potential rat problem. Surely. Cheese uh, is by reputation and cartoon lore sort of the official food of mice and rats, if you've ever wondered why. Uh, according to cheesemaker and importer Neil Russo, he said uh, they were constantly being discovered, uh, mice, in medieval cupboards eating the household cheese stash. Uh, but this would have been because it was the only food they could get to since the meat would be hanging and salted and grain would be stored in jars. He said it was cheese or starvation. Yeah, uh, and then he said cartoons like Tom and Jerry picked it up, and uh, there was no turning back. Now, I don't know how Tom and Jerry, uh, you know, decided to... I I think that that's taking a huge jump from medieval times all the way up to Tom and Jerry, uh, but uh, I, I guess he was just being flippant. And I think it goes back further, actually, than medieval times, because Roman philosopher Seneca the Younger... He was a he was a tutor and later advisor to the emperor Nero. He wrote, "Mouse is a syllable. Now a mouse eats its cheese. Therefore, a syllable eats cheese." He says, "Suppose uh, suppose now that I cannot solve this problem. See what peril hangs over my head as a result of such ignorance. What a scrape I shall be in! Without doubt, I must beware, or someday I shall be catching syllables in a mouse trap. Or if I grow careless." A book may devour my cheese. Huh, I think Philosophers are pretty weird in their way of expressing I'm wondering themselves. if there's like a complex like Latin pun that we're missing. It's a one-syllable word, which yeah. means it consists of one syllable. So mouse is therefore a syllable. But, uh, you know, it, words are abstract concepts, yeah. and that's why the, okay. there's an issue, I think. Okay. Uh, he's, he's not taking that into account. Right. Seneca, he was you born re- in... You really went down the mouse hole on this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was born in 4 BC in Cordoba, Seneca. He became a Stoic philosopher after studying with uh, Attalus the Stoic, or Attalus. Uh, he also studied with denizens of the short-lived school of the Sexti, which uh, combined Stoicism and... Uh, Pythagoreanism. Stoicism is a school of philosophy founded by Zeno of Sidium and asserts that the path to happiness is to accept each moment as it presents itself and not to allow ourselves to be ruled by our desire for pleasure or by our fear of pain. I think that's generally sensible. Yeah. If you can adopt that kind of a, I don't know, a way of looking at things, you know? I mean, like, if you're really thinking about all the time getting your dick sucked or the pain of not getting your dick sucked, right. then uh, that's not going to help. You just have to be um, happy. accept that that there is a great deal of pain in life. And that you may get your dick sucked, and you may not. You may not, right. And if you don't, that you'll deal with that when the time comes. Yeah. When the, when the, when the time comes that you're not getting your dick sucked. Right. Which is, 
you know, most of the time. Almost all the time. Compare it to the time. Uh, <laughs> well, that would be kind of like a stoic way to look at it. Like, think about all the times that that's not happening. Yeah. And recognize that, that it's foolish to even wonder about the times when it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even factor it in. It's so it's such a rarity. Yeah. It's like on the yeah. on, on a timeline of your life. I mean, right. like you might get your dick sucked, say, even if you got your dick sucked three times a week. Right. I doubt there's many people listening who get their dick sucked three times a week. And if you do, you should probably keep an eye on that woman. If it's a man that you're with, normal, it's normal to get your dick sucked three times a week. You know what I mean? Could that's be fine. like three times a day. Yeah. And that's, but if but if a woman is sucking your dick three times a week, she is a uh, possibly dangerous person. Mm. She's an, almost certainly mm. a uh, a mental deficient of some sort. <laughs> you may be onto something. Now, Seneca's early career. Oh, by the way, Pythagoreanism, founded by uh, uh, Pythagoras, Pythagoras and, and it was heavily influenced by mathematics and mysticism, which is a, a, a strange combo hmm, for not me. Not really. Math and mysticism? No, they, they you know they, they kind of go together. Maybe I don't understand what mysticism is. I just think it's like it's like you know Jack Palance like. Believe it or not. Well, I think it's like the idea that there's like such a thing as direct access to the truth. Mysticism? Yeah. Oh, direct access to the truth. Yeah. Like like speaking to spirits or something? Sure. Maybe. Okay. Well, see that. Mathematics has very little to do with that, well, doesn't it? I don't know. Look at like um look at how, you know, uh numerical series appear in nature. Well, give me an example of that. Like the Fibonacci series. Okay. Give me an example of that. <laughs> I keep saying that till you say words I know. Or, you know the way the golden ratio manifests itself in different you know, like natural proportion or the, the way the primary colors are in the rainbow would that be an example of that uh, no okay what, what is the golden the golden uh, ratio I, I, I've known this but I don't know it at the well, moment the golden ratio is um or let me get see if I got this right it's gold plus silver equals swirl <laughs> That the width plus length over the length equals width over length. If I'm not mistaken, no, that, it, that can't be right. But wh what does that mean, though? I mean, get, what's, what, what is the what manifestation in nature is, is there of that happening? Well, for instance, the um, the ratio of your the ratio of the 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 human body, like from the foot to the navel, fish and beavers. How about this? From the head to the navel. Okay to the um, navel to the foot is the same as the bottom part to the hole. Which hole? The butthole? Or no, no, the, the, the whole body. Oh, in math, it says a golden ratio. In mathematics, two quantities are in the golden ratio if their ratio is the same as the ratio of their sum to the larger of the two quantities. It's basically like 1.6. A plus B over A equals A over B. Yeah. Definitely, because this is D, E, F, and then there's a symbol I don't recognize. Uh, oh, pi. Is, it has something to do with pi. Uh, that's the Greek symbol for pi, it says. This or this. Represents the golden ratio. Oh, so no, pi. That, that's, fa, that's phi. That's not pi. That's phi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wee. Uh, so Seneca's early career in the Roman Senate was apparently successful, and he was considered a great speaker. In fact, Caligula was so offended by Seneca's oratorial success that he ordered him to kill himself. Man, that's that's a good speaker. Yeah, because Caligula, I think, had a stutter. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Claudius. Claudius came after Caligula. Seneca happened to be very ill at the time when he was ordered to kill himself. Since it seemed like he was close to dying anyway, he was spared. But he was he was very ill. 
Oh. So d- uh, during the next emperor's reign, Claudius, uh, with a Claudius, Seneca was accused of adultery with one of Caligula's sisters. Mm. So for the alleged adultery, Seneca received a death sentence, <laughs> which Claudius commuted to exile. Oh, and fortunately for Seneca. Uh, he had uh, cultivated the friendship of Caligula's other sister, the Empress uh, Agrippina, who was married to the Emperor Claudius. Uh, Claudius, by the way, Agrippina's uncle. So you could marry your uncle back then, and, and uh, these things would happen. Yeah, there was a lot of weird marriages. A lot of, a lot of inbreeding. A lot of inbreeding. A lot of, a lot of gay shit, too. A lot of ado- like adopting of people. Didn't the Greeks say that, uh, you know... Women are for children and boys are for pleasure. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, say, frowned upon these days. Yeah, nowadays that's not such a great... You know, take a, I, I hear that the, a lot of this is going on in Hollywood. Uh, I've heard that too. Trading boys around. Uh, so through the influence of Agrippina, he was allowed to return. He became a tutor to her son, the future emperor Nero. Uh, he, he was Nero's advisor at the beginning of his reign. And, and uh, Nero, Nero became increasingly insane with power. And Seneca's uh, close proximity to the emperor forced him to agree with certain dreadful things. Also not very stoic. Including the murder of Agrippina. <laughs> Wait a second. Do, but what, what's not stoic? The well, fact that he to, didn't just accept it? Yeah, to go along. I mean, I, I would have thought that a stoic would be like, well, this is my truth. Yes. And if you're going to kill me, well, I guess there's nothing I can and do. And then, that, yeah, that's true. They believed in more of a, uh, in, 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 they had a moral compass. Yeah, I wouldn't think that, being a stoic is just like, oh yeah, oh you want to um, you want to kill your rivals and you want me to go along with it, sure. Especially when his rival was the woman who actually got him back in after being exiled, Agrippina, right. Nero's own mother. And Seneca actually had to write a letter to the Senate justifying the murder. Okay, he's kind of a fucking bitch. This is like if um, Robbie Mook was one day held out as like a, a great philosopher, mm-hmm. like you know some advisor to the Clintons. Some opportunistic kind of <laughs> yeah. slick guy. Uh, like, Seneca, yeah. he tried to retire in 62 and 64. Both times Nero refused to let him. But uh, still, Seneca was increasingly absent from court. He adopted a quiet lifestyle on his country estates. And he was caught up in the Pisonian conspiracy. You're um, undoubtedly familiar with no, that. No. Well, frankly, it was foiled because too many people knew about it. That's the problem with conspiracies. Yeah. How many people? Well, a woman knew about it. That's what happened. Mm. She blabbed to Vesulius Proculus, a captain of a ship or something, and, and she told him all about it, assuming he would join the conspiracy. The reason she told him is because he had said, you know, Nero doesn't like me very much. She goes, well, that's right. We're going to fucking kill him. Oh. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. So, wait, if I tell Nero you're going to kill him, he'll probably like me then. So that was the way that went. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so that put the plot in jeopardy. And eventually Nero got enough names to torture people and find out more about the plan. At least 41 individuals accused of being part of the conspiracy. Of the known 41, 19 senators, seven equites, I guess that's a horse people, uh, 11 soldiers, and four women. There were a lot of, there were horse people back there. They were right? executed? Not all of them. Uh, many were executed, some were just exiled. Uh, banished and uh but uh a lot of them were forced to commit suicide don't you sometimes wish that trump would kind of um, force a lot of people to commit suicide something like that yeah just it would be like okay you know what we've uncovered the whole conspiracy to to overthrow me yes and yeah. uh I, i'm giving everyone an opportunity to exile themselves or kill themselves yeah, to save your families yeah 
Like uh, this way, I, and that this way, I won't seize your family's fortune. Right. I mean, I know we're not supposed to talk about Trump. I know. I know, I, I know. You always loved, uh, you know, to read. You know, you loved history. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they killed themselves. Don't, don't, don't remember? And they were given an opportunity, and then sometimes they throw a little party even beforehand. They'd lie down in the tub, top, open nice warm the vein, water, open the vein, <laughs> and then it's all over. And the families were taken care of too. <laughs> He, uh, Nero sent soldiers to the uh, of the Praetorian Guard to Seneca's home, just outside of the capital, who briefly interrogated him and then forced him to commit suicide. Now, the stoic way in which he killed himself has been the subject of a number of paintings. It might not have been such a stoic death. According to the historian Tacitus, Seneca was still shaping his image until his dying breath. He even tried to somewhat model his suicide after that of Socrates, eating hemlock, which in Seneca's case didn't kill him, and uh, he actually ended up suffocating on the steam of his bath. <laughs> How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. He was very old, you know, at that point. But with Seneca, uh, there was always an element which we might now call spin, uh, in which uh, early Romans referred to as hypocrisy, uh, which uh, it really shows what a, what a childish civilization Rome could be. Your beliefs are not your actions, and your actions are not your beliefs, and sometimes reality and your convictions, uh, you know, to a certain idea, they just don't mesh. And that's the way it is. If if it comes down to like, hey, do you really believe in this philosophy or would you like to stay alive another 15 minutes, you know, let alone like two years or yeah. some indefinite amount of time, you're definitely going to like, I would go against all, a lot of beliefs in order to stay alive. Some of them I wouldn't if it was to, if it was going to satisfy somebody, you know, just out of spite. I'd be like, go ahead and kill me. Like what? Uh, you know, like say if ISIS was going to cut off my head. If uh, I didn't, uh, if you didn't, if I didn't uh, convert, if it, to, convert to uh a Democrat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I'm just reminded of something from what you just said. Uh, Can I, um, please? Well, last, waiting for it. Last year, there was an odd case where uh, this family had moved down from Maine and they were homeless and they sought shelter and they were given an apartment in a so-called cluster site which is where the city rents out a bunch of apartments in some building and lets homeless families live there. So it was this couple and their two children and uh, I guess the two kids, little kids were in a in the bedroom and then I suppose the radiator like something happened to the radiator mm -hmm. and um the two babies, the two kids were like steamed to death. Yes. Sort of reminds me of what happened to Seneca when he I don't know, choked don't, on his steam. I don't know if they got the bath quite that hot. <laughs> so, yeah, that was. I remember that story, yeah. Well, now they, the parents have decided to, they're suing the city. They're like, look, uh, you put us in a Callahan cluster where right. the radiator was defective. Right. And now we're out two kids. Yeah. Now, financially, it's been pretty helpful. However, you know, we want some money. Really, you can't argue with that. It's much cheaper without two kids. Sure. They might not be eligible for that same size apartment anymore. Probably not. I hope that they've been shown the door and shown into a more suitable unit for, for just the two of them. Probably. If they're still together, which who knows? I think they are. But what's interesting is he, I think, had moved down here first, and then he wrote to her, wrote to his wife or girlfriend, and was like, yeah, come on down. Come on down. The steam heat's great. So, what the hell? I mean- you know, maybe so. This is the, the whole argument about the homeless policy is that there's a draw. This is like the big debate: is does the right to shelter effectively establish a draw to shelter? Oh, I mean, does the sanctuary status of the city attract illegal immigrants? Well, you know, the 
the advocates and the people who um, I never read the I never read that magazine. By the they way, claim, yeah, they would say that there's no such thing as a draw to shelter. No one wants to become homeless. No one would seek homelessness. Now it's funny because there used to be a policy, but that's not seeking homelessness. That's no, seeking seeking shelter that's free. Right. Well, there used to be a policy where if you were homeless, then you were kind of given some preference for getting a NYCHA apart, right? Fair enough. And then Bloomberg ended that because it appeared that people were entering the shelter system so they could get bumped up on the list of people to get a... Um, oh, right. What that naturally follows that, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Bloomberg was was possessed of extraordinary logic. Right. And, and when something happens, then you're seeing it happen. You don't need the logic to know that. Well, it's like if you want cats, put out a lot of cat food. <laughs> right. Um, and so we have a lot of uh, feral animals uh, coming our way. Saying, a little bit. Yeah. Meow. So here's the funny thing. So basically also partially in response to this thing where the radiator blew up. And speaking of that, that's exactly what's happening right now in the busy offices of uh, New York yeah, City I'm, Crime Report Central. Yeah, but the uh, the Steve, we, we the sound you hear is uh, the radiator kicking up and saying, "Hey, I'm here to make you warm." Yeah, it is actually. But um, so now, De Blasio has just has announced that he's going to end cluster site shelters for homeless families, and what he's going to do is um, the city's going to buy up all the buildings where the cluster sites are, mm-hmm. rehab them, I suppose, and then just like give them to the people who live there or turn them into um, apartments. Like, for the- the people who live there? Yeah. You mean for, for the homeless, for the homeless people. people? Oh, so a, a cluster building will be entirely homeless people? Not necessarily. Um, but a lot, a large percentage. Probably a lot of the people there will be homeless. Um, and the idea is they'll have some nonprofit take it over and be the manager, and effectively the city will probably pay most of the rent. Okay. Well, that's uh, certainly a step in the communist direction, isn't it? Basically. Now all they have to do is make everybody poor enough to have to have that. That's the next step. That's the next step. Yeah. yeah. And all you have to do to do that is uh, shit like, uh, I don't know, uh, a lot of tickets, a lot of, uh, well, you got to run off the rich people is what it is. You can't make them poor. You just got to make them leave. Yeah. And so they you, you make it a really inhospitable environment for anybody who has uh, money. Well... That probably happens on some, and, and I'm not talking about the very, very rich that have enough money to, you know, uh, butter sure. uh, butter De Blasio's bread right. for him. But uh, you know, people who just, uh, you know, I'm talking about seventy two grand people who make yes, that, yes. that that <laughs> that unattainable the, figure. Th- those people. Well, you know, look, as long as crime stays low, that probably won't. You know, people will continue to hang out. I had a liberal person last night who I know. His name is Luke. And we were just talking about various things with the city. And he goes, you know, uh, I don't really... Uh, I want to... I'll bring this up to you because, you know, you seem... Uh, uh, he's been, you know, pardon me for saying so, but you, you might be on the uh, more of the... conservative end of the... I'm like, yeah. Right. <laughs> you packed it. And he, and he said that he's been watching the city slide in the last uh, few years. He said even over the last year, it seems to have changed... A lot in terms of, you know, you used to see some shit happening, you know, like uh, once in a while. And now it's every night you go out, you see some kind of like something happening out that that's uh, unlawful or disgusting or yeah, something. Some kind, like, for instance, like um, look at my Twitter feed. Uh, and I sent you this video. It's a Seth Baron NYC. Yeah. Uh, just a few days ago, I was walking home and, you know. Uh, this is Chelsea. It's a pretty nice neighborhood. I mean, it's got a kind of gritty side, but it's basically pretty nice. Lower Manhattan. And I saw these two guys. It's like nine at night um, shooting dice for money. And it was like, what? I mean, just... 
But then, look, not that there's anything wrong with shooting dice. I mean, I'm not here to judge that. But it's a time and place. The time, the 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 time is 2 a.m. The place is Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just not characteristic. It's unusual. I I lived in New York. Uh, I lived in the in this in, in the neighborhood of Chelsea that you're talking about from 2006 to 2011, and it would have been unthinkable to see. I was only a couple of blocks away from that corner. You said eight, eighth and eighteenth, right? Yeah, just a block from. Yeah, uh, then that was uh, yeah, it was only a couple blocks where I was at. I was on I was on twenty second between ninth and tenth, which is really not quite as nice as is around eighteenth. And then, I mean, you know, the further you go west, it kind of you know, there's some deterioration as you go towards the pier, I guess, and shit or whatever. But it, it would have been crazy to see that. I'll tell you though, that corner it may kind of exist in sort of like there may be something going on like. Uh, mystically, it might be like a Bermuda Triangle thing because I've seen some weird shit just on that corner. For instance, a couple years ago, this was in the middle of the day, and I saw a guy sitting on the ground in front of one of those, you know, Wi Fi kiosks. And maybe he was watching something, but he was, and this was like maybe two in the afternoon, oh. and he had a th- half gallon of lemonade and a bunch of stuff, and he was, uh, <laughs> he had a, 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 a meth pipe, and he was just, Hitting it hard, <laughs> just smoking meth. Hard to Openly. enjoy the internet if you don't have your meth. You yeah, know? just sitting there on the ground, smoking meth. And I took a picture and I showed it to a cop, and he was like, "Yeah, well, he might just be smoking pot." I'm like, I know what the difference between a someone smoking pot and smoke someone smoking meth is. Yeah, he may just be breaking a different law, right? Which we don't want really enforce. And then there's always like there used to be like a bunch of like trainee prostitutes who would like hang out over there. It's a weird corner. Hold on, tranny prostitutes. The word is sex worker. I'm sorry, tranny sex workers. Okay. That that the the reformation of the whole idea of sex work is another thing. That's kind of like, you know, the legitimacy, the legitimizing of that as a, oh, either, you know, playing up the victim status or the fact that they're victims because it's illegal. You know, this friend of mine. um, It's like they can't make up their mind. Which one is it? Or are they being victimized or are they people who deserve to be, you know? Is there, are they they agents or victims? They attack it on both sides. So this friend of mine um, sent me a picture of himself and, you know, he'd grown his hair long. He was wearing kind of a dress and he. He's like, guess what? Um, I've been, you know, transitioning, and now I'm going to start uh, HRT, hormone replacement therapy, very soon. I said, that's so wonderful. You, you'll create. You're going to definitely be one of the 45 percent. Oh. He was like, oh, the 45 percent of what? And I said, the 45 percent of transsexuals who kill themselves. <laughs> Is it that high? Uh, I don't know. It might be. Oh, <laughs> I love a, I love throwing out a fake statistic. <laughs> To really get somebody's attention, I, I think it's pretty high. It's it is high. It's it's said to be uh, many times higher than than average. Well, I mean, think about it. You're talking about people who um, think they're in the wrong body, so naturally, yeah. they would probably be more inclined to kill themselves. It's the ultimate geographical cure if you're not doing it for the right reasons. Some people do it for the wrong reasons. I'm sure. I don't know what the right reasons are. I don't even know necessarily what the wrong reasons are. But I would think that if you just you know, if you're if you have that sense of like things not being right, you're not happy. Uh, your life isn't great, and uh, you just think like I need a change. You know, some people go, well, you know what? I'm going to move to Miami, or, or I'm just going to get a different apartment across town. I'm in a different job. None of these things will work. You right. know, it's it, it, I'll get divorced, and then I'll be happy. And and I think changing bodies, changing genders, 
is another version of that. I sometimes. think so. Well, it's kind of like saying something. I mean, it's basically saying like, well, something's wrong with my mind, so I will change my body. Right. You know what? I, I've been depressed. It's this fucking penis. I mean, we don't say to people who are anorexic and balls and who think they're really fat. Like, penis. You're right, you are fat. Yeah. You <laughs> no, no, we, we, we should um, we should remove your stomach entirely so you can't absorb any more nutrients. <laughs> well, wait, no, that would be that would no, be different. That, that, no, that, the analogy doesn't hold because, like, if you were if you were like uh, saying, "I don't feel right," I, I feel like I'm fat, but you're actually thin. Then we would we would help them become a no, fat because person. They want to be thin. They're saying like I feel like I'm in. Yeah. Am I wrong? You should I'm, transition. Even into though it a doesn't matter person. that I weigh ninety two pounds, I still feel like a fat person. Right. It doesn't I matter. Need to lose more. It doesn't weight. matter that I have this gigantic penis. I'm still a woman. Yeah. yeah. You should transition into a fat person. So so they would become the woman, right? Yeah. So you we try to help them become what they're convinced they are. Which is a fat person, no, not a better version of the of the thing that they actually are. See, well, so I, I think the analogy is uh, a good one though, because it, it's comical to think like you know what? Well, a, it's like a reductive, a, a reverse sternum, like a, a reverse lap band that they put inside to hold your stomach open constantly, and they could do gavage, which is like where they put the um. The feeding tube down your throat, just gavage the fuck out of them, right? Yeah, like 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 you're feeding the like fucking a goose. yes. A, go- a, go- a goose that you're going to make. What, what's that kind of shit they, what do they call that? Foie gras. Stuffed goose filled with butter and semen. <laughs> Buttery shrimp. Uh, in Midtown, a, a painting of Santa Claus, Claus nailed to a cross, mm. uh, was taken down by a fine art gallery in Midtown due to the customer's uh, complaints. Customer complaints and a noticeable decline in customer walk-ins. And uh, it was only, this at a gallery. It was at a gallery. What gallery? Uh, it was a gallery. Uh, uh, Central Park Fine Arts. Mm. It only took two days of the painting hanging there, prominently in the front window, and uh, the paintings by Robert Cedanella, famous work. It's called The Presence of Man, uh, and it uh, it was removed. It only took two days for them to figure that out. The management was like, yeah. <laughs> first time in nearly twenty years it had been shown in public. That painting. Hmm. I guess, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I can't, I, I, it's something like that being controversial is quaint. It, all, it, almost, it almost makes me feel kind of nice. I know, right? A I little mean, little bit of intolerance towards a work of art that's like, uh, you know, fairly uh, benign. It seems that way. The Catholic Church condemned it back in the uh, fucking 80s when it, when it was uh, debuted as an offensive attack on Catholicism. They think everything's an attack on Catholicism. It's like... Uh, it's not. I don't. They. Uh, the artist says it's a comment on American consumerism. Uh, yeah, commercialism. Exactly. And he told the patch. Uh, NYC patch is where the story comes from. There's no give and take. It's either black or black or white. I think it's kind of tragic that it was better received in a way 20 years ago than it is today. He says uh, it says a lot about art and museums as well that a lot of controversial art does not make it into museums uh, because that's. That's not what art seems to be about anymore. Yeah, mm. controversy. Uh, you know, um, I don't. I can't think of anything. Con- you know what I saw that was uh, controversial? Uh, what I thought would have been more controversial, the paintings of this uh, French guy, uh, like a one-name guy, but he did a lot of paintings, uh, in, and these are in the, the Met. 
women, uh, girls. Uh, there's a, a certain girl that he sort of uh, did a study for a while. She's a member of a family uh, sh- uh, who he like sort of watched and painted, and, and she was a frequent subject. You know, a lot of upskirts with her. Oh. And sometimes the upskirt would have like a little dab of something, you know, right there staining her underwear, a little mm. stain in her underwear, which seemed a little uh, a little racy for a 12-year-old. Was this Balthus? Yes. It's exactly who it was. Balthus, yeah. You're familiar with this stuff? Yeah. I mean, not those necessarily exactly, but I know the. I know. I mean, I know his work. Yeah. Uh, how did you? How could you guess it? Because you know. I mean, I'm, like I'm uh, really fucking smart, right? <laughs> hey, can I read a little story from the newspaper that I think you would like? Oh, I mean, that would be amazing. Lower East Side man caught sodomizing girlfriend's dog dodges jail. Hold on now. How was I not informed of this? Please read on. A Lower East Side man walked out of court with a slap on the paw Friday after getting freaky with his girlfriend's dog, Princess. Jesus Gutierrez, or Jesus Gutierrez, was busted last year when authorities said they got camera footage of him sodomizing the girlfriend's pet Maltese. Oh, a Maltese is a good-looking dog. With his fingers and grinding up against the canine's genitals. The assault lasted at least 30 minutes. Wait, wait a second, wait. What was the first part of the and grinding against the genitals? Again, just read the sentence again, please. Sodomizing the girlfriend's pet Maltese with his fingers and (laughs) grinding up against the canine's genitals. Oh, my goodness. Where did he do this? On the Lower East Side, I guess. Oh, Oh, here it is. Oh, my Gutierrez's girlfriend had set up a camera in their apartment on Clinton Street. That ain't right. Which caught the 40-year-old's acts with the visibly distressed pooch. Uh, hold on. It's sometimes it's the mask of, of pleasure, though. You know? I mean, sometimes, yeah. yeah, you don't know whether or not those were screams and moans of pleasure or pain. Right. I think that you can't get in the head of that Maltese. Nope. Um, It's a finger, first of all. Last December, he copped to a misdemeanor sexual misconduct charge and a violation. On Friday, after fulfilling all the terms of his plea deal, including a year of counseling, the misdemeanor plea got wiped out and Judge Phyllis Chu sentenced him to a conditional discharge on the violation. He is not allowed to own a pet for five years. Uh, But this is interesting. Uh, His lawyer went noted that Gutierrez went on to marry his girlfriend who came with him to court Friday. Princess no longer lives in the home. (laughs) Yeah, she had to be uh, rehomed, you know. Uh, He walked off without any comment, and he had a jacket over his head. But here's a picture of him. I mean, he's kind of a normal-looking dude. Oh, you know who he looks a little bit like? Aaron Hernandez. A little. Uh, And he, he also looks like Black Hitler. Who's Black Hitler? Oh, my God. Well, as Black Hitler Month approaches... Uh, we will uh, go into greater detail, but he's basically a pimp, who uh, an accused pimp, who uh, you know he he told uh, one of his uh, ladies in his in his stable that he, she shouldn't mess with him because he is the black Hitler, and that's uh, to, to indicate the the amount of you know punishment he would uh, he would give out if she I suppose was not prompt with the you know the funds the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what? Like destroy a village or uh, gas her family? You know, chances are these whores he was talking to not really familiar with the exact works of Hitler. They just know in general he's scary. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
He's I, I doubt he's gonna like a, have a follower, a whole nation of fucking you know pimps. Now here's Come a painting of, of, of Balthus uh, moment before we go on with the Maltese. Now uh, this one is called the Guitar Lesson, and it is very hot. Yeah, look at that. It's not supposed to be hot because this is a teenage girl uh, bent over the knee, but not bent over bent over spine back, uh, rolling uh, face up on a seated guitar instructor who is female and who is like uh, just about to sexually abuse this girl in a way that the guy abused that Maltese. Yeah. Look uh, at that. Holding her by the hair with one hand. The guitar has fallen to the ground. She has her hand on the inner thigh of the, the girl who's obviously a very young girl because we see uh, the bow in her hair. Well, which a, indicates yeah. youth, and she has knee socks, also her size. She has no pubic hair. This would not have been a time when a teenage girl would be shaving her pubic hair. It's curious because it also, it really looks like, it's like the Pieta. It looks like, you know, um, you know, like the famous image of uh, Mary holding her deposed son. Uh, yeah. It's also, uh, it, it looks like various, uh, uh, you know, uh, pornography i've looked at <laughs> <laughs> she's and now and, and i about this is is very smart with this because uh he's, he also indicates a level of consent here going on because uh the little girl is reaching up and tweaking the nipple of the, the teacher sure sure uh so we see like this isn't a rape uh but it also isn't entirely uh obviously the little girl's idea i would right, think right right no, uh, it's a very strange uh and notice her hand how it's very it's very much like a skeleton Oh yeah, look she has at that. a skeleton hand. Uh, the little girl does. I would, it's really an interrupted guitar lesson more than a guitar lesson, right? Uh, yeah, she's teaching her a lesson uh, that, that goes beyond the guitar uh, and, and into uh, something about life and, uh, and and something about being a woman, I believe. And it, it's now what's controversial about this for me is if this was a male instructor, mm. this painting wouldn't be hanging anywhere. This painting would be widely condemned. Mm. Uh, if a man was doing this to a little girl, it, this would be called the rape. Yeah, you may be right. But there's a female, so it's called the guitar lesson. This is a, you know, well, a, so I was really smart. I guess what we're doing is we're saying if you have children and they are receiving instruction in a musical instrument, yes, uh, you might want to do like this lady did with the Maltese and, and put a camera in there. Right. And and just see if you can catch some hot images. What's you know, weird that you is like she, she put the picture up like she was really expecting it. Oh yeah, I, I didn't think about that. The camera, you mean? She's like, uh, I think he might be uh, finger fucking my Maltese my princess. Yeah. Uh, what made her think that? Do you think the dog said something to her? I think the dog probably uh, made a lot of sorrowful expressions and. Uh, you know, like the guy has some uh, bacon, and it's like the dog is like, "Nah, not interested, right. dude. Keep no, your no, fucking, no. keep yeah. your pot roast. I'm right. not. I don't want to. I don't want a bone. I don't want to bite. I want. I want nothing from you." Right. And then uh, probably is bleeding from its ass. <laughs> well, that, that, that too. Dog might have been. If it was a lot of Maltese have white fur. I think that's like a. They're most of them do, or maybe mm -hmm. all of them. Oh. Probably blood stains on the white fur. It's very hard to hide the blood stains of a of an ass uh, of a dog with a white with soft white downy fur like that. Uh, many things that you can that you can notice in a dog, I think. Um, it's funny, like Tom Wolf, um, 
in the 80s and 90s, he was having a big dispute with a bunch of other authors, like Norman Mailer included. And Tom Wolfe said, um, well, you know, they always bite the lead dog's ass. Uh, and Norman Mailer said, oh, is that why your ass is always bleeding? <laughs> or is it because you get fucked in it? Oh, <laughs> um, hey, can we talk about that case in Virginia with the dogs? Well, no, but we oh. can talk about it on Crime Report. Oh, because uh, it's not a New York case. Yeah, you know, I became very self-conscious uh, about uh, the fact that we talked last week about pretty extensively about a woman who was shot in the vagina with a shotgun. In England. In, in And it was in England. And uh, I thought it was, you know what, this is a, a very... Uh, no, I think you're right. I think we need to have some limits. Yeah, but that that was insane. The woman was eaten by her uh, by her fucking dogs, eaten literally eaten by pit bulls. So don't, if you let's talk about pit bulls sometime, and don't tell me uh, that we can't blame the breed to some degree, because I think we can. I I, I absolutely think we can. Well, it's funny because I have a friend who's visiting his mother in Florida, and we had just been talking about this case of the woman who was eaten by her pit bulls. And this guy's mother, she's about 80, she has a dog. Now, it's a Bichon Freeze poodle mix of some sort. He calls it a Bichon Poo. And I said, are you concerned at all about this your dog? Your 80-year-old mother fucking this dog? No, no, no. That oh. that the dog might maul your mother. <laughs> and that you that she could be, like, you know, devoured by the by the dog. You must consider this. Um, it's not a breed-specific thing. Since it's not, you can't blame the breed. Which means you can't... That you means can't you, draw you, conclusions about the group from the individual. We know this in society, and right? We, yeah, and not only that, yeah, and we can't draw good conclusions about a gentle breed of dog either. Because yeah. that would be... Equally species... Reverse breedist, dog breedist. racism, yes. Yeah, breedist. Breedist, yes. Um, Very breedist. I mean, in the same way, you wouldn't want to draw conclusions about um, whites, whites, and all the people they murder. Yeah, and all the people they rape. We probably do lead the country in rape and murder. I mean, we do so much. Um, but you cannot say that it's because we're white, right? Well, actually, is that what you're? Is that what you're saying? I mean, we you can't. I you know. can't. You really you want to. If you don't, I mean, <laughs> you may want to. But it's not it's not fair to the because there are some white people who aren't like that. The idea is we have to draw these conclusions internally and outwardly and stipend. pretend no, that we're not. No, 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 no. That's wrong, Pat. That's not what we're supposed to do. Um, anyway, so I asked my friend what he was gonna do about this, and he said, No, 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 he's really not worried that two thirds of like fatal dog maulings are from pit bulls and the other third are from Rottweilers. He's not at all concerned that his mother's Bichon Poo um, lap dog is going to maul her. Okay, well, we'll, we we'll find out. I guess we'll just have to hope for the best. <laughs> right. Uh, the uh, painter of uh, the uh, presence of man attributes the lack of open-mindedness to the rise of Donald Trump in politics. Oh, of course. He said in the Trump age, people feel that anything they don't like or agree with should be suppressed. Well, it doesn't I, sound like I'm anybody... strange. I don't disagree with that. It just is coming from the other side. Oh, yeah, right. It might, and it, you could attribute it somewhat to Trump because it intensified during the Trump era. And uh, if you're going to say people feel that way, you're talking about the, 
the the, the people majority who hate of, Trump. The, yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, they're the only ones who seem to get really worked up about. I don't know. Uh, shit they don't like or agree with that being said or seen or you know yeah. they, they don't they don't like that shutting things down yeah shut it down the the phrase shut it down is like a that's an incredible phrase yeah yeah here's the thing we don't like shut it down we shut shit down we're not involved in this this isn't for us we are clearly entitled to not participate in this we can mind our own business but no we are going to shut it down. Yeah. This guy cannot come and talk to these people about the things he wants to say. Right. Odd. Very odd. Speaking of dogs, a dog was found stuffed in a garbage can with its mouth taped shut near a Brooklyn highway on Tuesday, according to the NYPD. Uh, it was a uh, 10 to 12-year-old shepherd mix named St. Vincent by its rescuers, hmm. <laughs> named posthumously by those who found him deceased in a garbage oh, can. Oh, was he dead? He was, yeah, stuffed in a garbage bag with his mouth taped shut. And Oh, wait, maybe he wasn't dead. Maybe he wasn't dead. I figured the dog was dead. Oh, no, yeah, the headline, dead dog found in Brooklyn garbage oh, bag. Okay. But wait, maybe that's my headline. Hold on, let's just make sure. Uh, uh, discovered by a good Samaritan. This dog may be alive. Uh, about 8.30 p.m. in Highland Park near the Jackie Robinson Parkway and Pennsylvania Avenue in East New York. Mm. East New York uh, is... Uh, is, wait a second. Where where is East New York? East New York in Brooklyn. Like, yeah, uh, Brooklyn. Oh, right. Of course, East New York. Now, West New York is in Jersey. Right, and it's a like a Cuban neighborhood. Uh, the person then heard the dog struggling to breathe. Oh, it called police. Officers responded, cut the bag open, and they found Saint Vincent inside. According to volunteers, the animal rescue. It was devastating to look at. Uh, one of the volunteers said. And, and, and they said it was disgusting, this this person. Whoever did this is a savage. People get very Taping upset about... Um, I mean, I'm not in favor of it, but people get very, very upset about animal cruelty. They really do. They do. And I think quite the opposite about this as I do many issues. I think it should be encouraged. Animal cruelty. And controlled. In a controlled environment. Interesting. We allow people, if they feel violent, if they feel the urge to commit crimes yep. against people, there's a facility that they can go to and, you know, uh, say, uh, kick a chow. You know, you find a chow chow who can take a good kick. Yeah. And you don't get to kick him repeatedly. Right. You don't get to overdo it. You, it's a free service. Right. Um. Maybe there could be some like sort of nominal charge, mm -hmm. you know, just to keep the lights on. And uh, you could say, strangle a parakeet. Yeah, or um, garret manatee. Yes. I would love to garret a manatee. I know they're rare, so obviously there may be an upcharge yeah. for a manatee. Uh, or um, they could have an enormous gallows and you could hang a giraffe. <laughs> just the irony of that, you know. A big long neck giraffe. It'd have to be such a high, it would be excellent quite gallows. A drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk more about animal cruelty and how it can help society. In a hey, minute. it's Pat Dixon. What really got me pumped about doing the show again? Compound Media. Getting a show there has been really It's cool. not some bullshit. Maybe try Compound Media for a month, and when you do sign up, tell them why you're there. You know? I want to say this, too. Yes, um, Pat. Now, I know that uh, people possibly could have missed, they could misunderstand the conversation we're having because um, it's. 
you know, it, it's not, this isn't about fun. This isn't about like, I, oh, I, I love animal cruelty. I find it just as abhorrent as, uh, as I think a person should. Uh, and uh, in many in society do take it more seriously. They have a higher sensitivity to it. Yeah. And I think that's a, a natural thing because we probably intuitively know what we've learned from scientists and for people who study these things, you know, social sciences and, and whatever. Who, but people who know about killers, people who inflict damage on animals are often the very people who will eventually uh, inflict damage on people. Right. Uh, it's a progressive thing sometimes for a serial killer. Say Jeffrey Dahmer would, you know, cut open cats to see what's inside or whatever. Right. Uh, there's like a not, uh, there's not a concern for the, for the way it would make an animal feel. That's right. And so if, if they intuitively understand that, then, uh, then that would, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the same reason we consider uh, feces to be like a highly offensive smell, I think. Yeah. I don't like it. Because we're not to eat our feces. Uh, it's potentially dangerous uh, to eat uh, feces, I believe. And, uh, you know, and, it, and it isn't delicious. So um, what I'm talking about is saving lives, really. Uh, this is not, maybe, maybe the, the, the problem comes with it being sort of an elective thing that, uh, you know, that people can just do. I think once you've abused an animal, your chances of, of abusing another animal and, and possibly even a person are very high. So this should be like an outlet. It should be court mandated. You should have to be convicted of a, an animal abuse offense in order to do this. Right. And, uh, and so that way, what you have is like, look, this person's going to reoffend. Uh, this this is a problem in society because what happens normally to like say this guy with his Maltese who potentially abused this Maltese we don't really know. No, well, it was illegal. It, it, it was videotaped, right? But I mean, we and I he must have pled guilty uh, in order to get that that deal. But we don't know that the Maltese wasn't into it. Although you know they we don't know that the Maltese didn't initiate it. We don't know. Yeah, exactly, uh, and. You know, there's consent. Uh, do we require, uh, even among people, I don't think we require enthusiastic consent yet, although it could be going in that direction. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's still a tacit yes. Yeah. Often. That's, that's if still counts. Or, or just like a... Um, without a no. A tacit, a tacit or, um, you know, even if there's some shading to it, it still counts. Right, you mean coercion? Well, not so much coercion, but just like salesmanship. Like, uh, okay, go ahead. Oh, 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 yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, that's all right. even if there's some resignation. Yeah, uh, like a reluctant yes. Right now, and that's among people. So among yeah. animals who are lower, uh, they can't vote. They right. don't have the vote yet. None of them, and I'm talking about even your higher intelligence animals, dolphins. No, uh, no, no, they don't chimps, get to vote. They don't get to vote. We are not doing that. Uh, they uh, and and it's not simply because they're unable to. Because really, checking a box is something that it's proven chimps can do. Sure, they can make complex decisions. You know about like all sorts which, of things. Which nut to eat? They can yeah. They can express a preference for a certain nut, or they can uh, they can they can even like something more abstract, like a color that they enjoy. Yeah, or if you addict them to cocaine, they'll just keep pressing a button to get more cocaine. They'll keep pressing a button, and if you gave them cash and told them and pointed, they would take the cash over to the guy, 
and get yeah. some cocaine. Right. They're, so they can be trained to buy cocaine, and they can be trained to paint. If the elephants make paintings, I've seen those paintings. Those paintings are worth a lot of money sometimes, and uh, you know they are. Uh, you know, look, art is being a highly subjective thing. I'm not a particular fan of of most of their work, but you know. Uh, Hey, you know, what do I know about art, right? Sure, sure. I'm not the one with the advanced art degree here. Right. I am just a reporter. Talk to Scott Hutchins if you want. Who, yeah. If you who want criticism. He can evaluate because some elephants have even made films. <laughs> That's, that, that, now, that isn't true. But they do do paintings that are, you know, that, that are either good or bad considering on your taste. Now, I, with this uh, idea to provide, you know, like that guy right there who fucked that Maltese is out. He's out. Now, yeah. we can say don't get a pet for five years, but this wasn't his pet to no. begin with. He no, abused someone else's pet, and uh, and he's still with that woman. Now, mm-hmm. she had to part with her dog, obviously. If she, she had to make a choice, and she chose the guy who fucked the dog rather than the dog. Right. Now, I think that's a good choice because the guy in, in every other way may be a very a fine mate. He may be a very suitable partner for her. Very loving. And and uh, a good provider, perhaps. And, and maybe, uh, you know, hey, uh, maybe he's, he's good in, at, in, you know, the sack. He's, he's obviously open, he he's, open-minded. Yeah. He's, he's, he, he knows to, like, practice. He knows how far you can practice is what that was. He knows exactly how far you can go without it be with it being painful. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, yeah. He's he's going to push boundaries is what I'm saying. And some women like that. Some women look. I'm not here to judge the sexual proclivities of women. <laughs> God knows that I have uh, no tolerance for that kind of thing on on the show. So uh, this is for guys like that. Now yeah. he's going to go reoffend. What we're doing is sweeping that under the rug. Right. Let's let's actually face this problem. Let's put it. Let's put animal cruelty. Let's elevate it to something that say we need to tackle this, and this needs to be dealt with in a way that is that is constructive. Like you could have a booth where a chimpanzee is tied up, and you can just punch it in the face. It's like you read my mind, because almost anybody would want to punch a chimp in the face. And it would really, it, that, that, that could almost be like sort of a, uh, that's more of a, a sideshow attraction, I think. But you know, like you try to win a stuffed animal if you can really, if you can knock out the chimp. Knockout game with a chimp. But, sure, sure. But now, I'm, this is, an, but I'm talking about court-mandated animal cruelty treatment. Yeah. In order to, because uh, like I said, you know they're going to reoffend, but the price of admission is a conviction. You have to have been cruel to an animal all on your own, and and be convicted of that crime. And uh, this and isn't for anybody. No, no, this is for this pe- is for the sickos. This is for sick people. It's for people who are sick. They are sick. I did, I'll say it one more time. These people are they are ill with. Uh, it's it's a mental. I don't even know what to call it. It's disgusting, but it's something that needs to be addressed because yeah, otherwise, if we give this guy a slap on the wrist, a slap right. on the paw, as the post noted, yeah, then uh, he's gonna he's has the whole world of animals out there right. that Who's, he can. What's to stop him from like, like I heard about this one guy, and he would go into he would sneak into a dog run at night mm. and um, bury himself under a bunch of leaves and dirt and then when the dogs came running out 
like in the morning he would um he would bite them as they wrote, wrote, ran over his face that is just so cunning in its evilness, you know, to do. I thought you were going to say he was like one of these like Cleveland steamer kind of guys or he wants to be, you know, like yeah. get the saran wrap on the face and he wants poop on him. Oh, well, maybe, but there, it's cunning, but it's like, it's evil, but it's kind of like a wise evil. Exactly. Cunning and baffling. <laughs> but uh, why? Uh, yeah. And so he wanted to bite the dogs because he uh that's news you know that's the definition of news man bites dog that's true actually and so there's a certain kind of a, a statement to that it, this guy sounds like a potential performance artist well maybe uh, the these animals uh also we're not going to take animals that are uh, otherwise loved. loved no we're not going to we're not nobody's pets are going to be removed for them no, from no, the no, home no 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 we're no. talking about unloved animals we're talking about animals that we're going to go catch like we'll go catch a fox Mm-hmm. And someone can just tease it mercilessly. Yeah, verbally and <laughs> some physically. Sure. Uh, and now there's limits here. No, no animal is going to be beaten to death. Uh, oh, well, by, the, not the by giraffe. any. The, well, giraffe. the giraffe will die, but that'll right. be the eventual result. It won't be, you know, one person getting to beat it to death. It'll be beaten to death over time <laughs> by many people. Because I mean, really, and animals don't live forever. They their lifespan, you know, they are sh- generally years. shorter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they can be, you know, it, it could be shortened somewhat. They're performing a function of to. Uh, people eat meat. People eat animals. People, it's genocide for cows mm-hmm. and this this other treatment for a, a different domesticated mm-hmm. animal. All right. Let's knock down some of these lines. It Let's knock down some of these false barriers that we've set up as people yeah. to uh, between animals to say one is better than another. It might be interesting to let like an octopus fight a dog. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to satisfy the the animal cruelty. Of the uh, it was, <laughs> I I would probably it would depend on the venue for the fight i think mostly who i would bet on in that you know, you know, I think if it's on land i got to bet on the dog i think the romans used to have some kind of punishment where like if someone had done something really vile they would sew him in a sack with a monkey and a snake and throw it in the water <laughs> wow uh and uh and how is this a punishment <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great way to spend a day. <laughs> Look, here's the other part of it. It works in t- it's it, it works on two levels because as we have these people who are in a facility, I can't emphasize enough a controlled environment. Okay, the animals, other than being, uh, you know, kicked or punched or having their fur pulled or uh, had sex with, but uh, when that's not happening, they'll be treated with the utmost care. Just as they would at any sure. animal shelter, sure, uh, and uh, they'll be provided with, uh, you know, e- maybe even a life a little bit better than, you know, like say they, they'll be instead of like eating like you know uh, monkey food, we give that monkey like pudding, you know, yeah. uh, and and instead of uh, you know say a dog normally eats like dry dog food at a shelter, give him a club sandwich, you know, yeah, and and uh, and like you could do six. <laughs> You could do 69 with a bear. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) 
trying to save lives. <laughs> if that's what it takes, then this is where, and, and now many people would want to do that. Many people would want to see that. And that's where this works on two levels. We have an observation uh, booth. booth deck where people can actually watch this happening and From say... From different angles. And, and it's kind of a scared straight kind of a thing. Yeah. Experience this. Uh, and you, Yeah, you could stream it. Because uh, people look at animal cruelty and they find it abhorrent. I think a normal person finds it. Yeah. So it's, it is kind of a museum of animal cruelty. Sort of. But it's designed... To, to help society. It's designed to keep those people from reoffending and becoming killers. That guy who raped that Maltese is on his way to, to killing somebody. At the, the way our society does it now, right. on a long enough timeline, he will rape or kill right. possibly a Maltese person. Possibly wow. any person. You know. I wonder if he's banned from Malta. <laughs> you better get, keep the fuck out of Malta. <laughs> a lot of Maltese there. Anyway, please don't misunderstand this. I understand people get so worked up about animal cruelty, and and court mandated animal cruelty is not an idea whose time has come today, maybe. But I'm, it's something that it's uh, sure to come. It, it I mean, if it doesn't, think, we're didn't dooming think ourselves. Going to be, look how fast, um, same sex marriage became, yeah, uh, legal and socially, you know. Acceptable and and even preferable by some people. Preferable, yeah. And and and, and uh, as you, although it's not a preference, uh, but if you look at uh, Hillary Clinton's trajectory, even you know uh, within her political career, uh, her her opinion has has changed completely, and it's that reflects society. I think that's true. She wanted to lock up super predators, bring them to heal. She said, bring them to bring super predators to heal, and bring, then the, in her words, bring them to heal. And then a few years later, she um, basically wanted to let them off the leash. Yeah, and then and not even not even not train even them ju- at all. Not even potty train them. They sit. Uh, no, you know that's what they're Don't, looking for yeah, now. That's right. More disobedience is what we've encouraged, and uh, hey, that's a, that's progress in a society. It is because you know now we see now that super predators should be allowed to um, shoot free. police even if they need to. That and and that's look. That's their way of looking at it. For me, I say. Court mandated animal cruelty, and we and we solve so many problems, so and we many. provide a kind of entertainment that's also edifying. Yeah, and uh, we just make the world a better place. And at the expense of what? These are animals who were probably going to be abused anyway. Right. Um. In fact, it's inevitable they would be abused. And you know what? I think that having exotic animals like, uh, say, you know, a minor bird. Mm-hmm. Who has a lot of attitude? Yeah, he's nature's mimic, right? You think he's not asking for trouble? Kind of is. You're nature's mimic. Yeah, you're gonna get fucked with a little bit. You know, if you're out there mocking people, yeah. a mocking bird for that matter, or like a flamingo standing around like that, it would be fun to like <laughs> just kick it like a football. Kick it. Well, or make it blind first. <laughs> blind. If you want to blind a flamingo, that's worth. You know, how, how many dog kickings are, are not going to happen because of that? Yeah. Think about it. This is Donald J. Trump, President of the United States. You're listening to New York City Crime Report. In Rikers News, uh, an inmate brutally attacked a correction officer who had just let him enter a corridor inside the facility. Just let him through the door, and the hmm. guy just 
beat the living shit out of him. His name's inmate uh, Joseph Cannon. He's being held at Rikers on robbery and felony assault charges. Repeatedly punched and kicked the unidentified officer who was beaten unconscious and suffered a broken jaw in the attack. I, I don't mean to keep coming back to this, but all this could have been saved yeah. by one, say, you know, uh, you, you take a, a bonobo monkey and just swing it around by that big colorful nose. <laughs> right. And this guy would be like, he'd be good. He'd be in that corridor right now as, as just as meek as a lamb. Uh, Conan was placed in solitary. Uh, Conan Cannon was placed in solitary confinement uh, or in Rikers parlance, punitive segregation for 60 days. Now, they know that doesn't work as far as like rehabilitation goes. It, days uh, after that, he was, he was he's back in the hole again uh, in connection with, the, with another incident. So, so putting people in solitary confinement is... Uh, Pretty cruel, they say. I would prefer it, actually. I don't care what anybody says about how crazy you go. I would rather be... I, I don't want to be around large rapists uh, and criminals, you know? Uh, Wouldn't you rather be alone? I'd rather be alone. I don't know. I, I don't know. Gil I mean, Valley, uh, the uh, cannibal cop, he, yeah. he was in protective custody for a large portion right. of, of, of his stay. Uh, and he... And I think he was at Riker's. But he, uh, it might have been in the tombs. But he, he said he he had to like request to be he you know let out. He he, he, yeah. he put me in the general population. He did. He hated it. He, right. After a while, it's just he said he said you'd think so. You know, you would think that like you'd be prefer to be alone. But after a while, you don't. You have to be around people. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. But the problem with like a guy like this is it's not really a question of what he prefers. The it's a question of um, how to keep you know, people around him safe. Yes, it's punitive segregation and not uh, rehabilitative segregation. Or protective custody. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, we, we want you to not be around for a while. Right. So go in the hole. And uh, there are a lot of uh, fights and beatdowns and violence in general records. This story, a little different in that it, uh, the inmate, Cannon, had twice called 311 to warn that he was going to, quote, kill somebody. Twice. 311. Three one. The city's information. <laughs> this isn't an emergency. Right. Three one one is what you call if like. <laughs> well, what day do they pick up the a garbage? Construction site that I kind of think they're not. The scaffolding isn't right. Yeah, I, I found a pocketbook, and I'm not sure which precinct to take it to. Right. Uh, and I'm going to kill somebody. A transcript of the call quotes Cannon saying to a city uh, call call operator, it's not an idle threat. That's what I'm telling you before I do it. And he phoned uh, again several hours later saying, I'm about to kill one of these officers. I'm about to murder somebody. This was from jail. Yeah. <laughs> Which they observe those things. Those calls are obviously, you know, monitored. Yeah. It's interesting that you can call 311 from jail. <laughs> Listen, I'm currently incarcerated at Rikers. Uh, thank you for taking my collect call. By the way, is it? I wonder if it's a. Oh wait, calls are free locally. Uh, so yeah, three one one. I don't think calls from Rikers are necessarily free. Maybe not. I uh, I'm baffled by this. Uh, the next day, as the footage uh, shows, there's there's video footage of this, by the way, uh, and uh, I'll I'll post that link over on the uh, New York City Crime Report Facebook page, which uh, I hope you're following. New York City Crime Report Pandex and Facebook page uh the next day as the footage shows cannon tried to make good on his threat at one point in the video you see cannon walk away only to return seconds later to continue beating the guard 
He, uh, yeah, he just beats him until the guy is uh, on the ground. And yeah. He's trying to get up, and the guy had, had has moved out of frame, uh, just like under the camera as you're watching it from a straight on view. And then he comes back and uh, and starts beating him some more. He was rescued by a responding officer uh, who hit Cannon with pepper spray, and uh, yeah, he'd made a very clear, incredible threat. Nothing was done. Uh, none of the COs were informed about the intentions of this inmate. Needless to say, the jail officers' union unhappy. They have, a, sure. they have a union. This is why we have a fucking union. Now, uh, Elias uh, Husamadin, he's the president of the Correction Officers right. Benevolent Association. He said this. The call came through the Department of Correction, and they did absolutely nothing to protect these, this uh, correction officer. It's funny. We, he and I had the same take on it. Same take. Uh, the video uh, of the beating, it comes amid a continued spike in violence behind bars. They say spike. Uh, how long do spikes last? Years? They can. They, this has been a years-long spike. I've been watching uh, ri- violence at Rikers just uh, ongoing since we started doing yeah. the show. Back in 2011, it seems as if it's never been in, like an uncommon event for a guard or another inmate. Or, you know, if, if guards have been fired over just, like, just fucking beating guys. Sure. Uh, lost their jobs because of, uh, you know... Well, that's why, thank God, they're going to be closing Rikers down and there won't be any problems like this ever again. As soon as that happens, it's going to solve a lot. Oh, by the way, did you hear um, the new suggestion for what to do with Rikers once it's um, been emptied? No. Um, it's going to become the um, site of the future uh, Donald J. Trump presidential library. <laughs> Well, it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, I'm speechless. Seth, Isn't that a good I, idea? I just don't know if you're serious or not. Well, you, I came you, up with this idea yesterday. Oh, this idea yesterday. Okay. So uh, a couple of key things need to happen. <laughs> I don't think they're actually going to shut it down. First of all, I think is a, maybe that they're going to make that the condition of him getting a library. <clears throat> that be there. That, that they clear out Rikers. Well, you know. Why do they want to close Rikers? They think it's just fucked up beyond all uh, help, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things going on. Uh, on one hand, it isn't the most modern jail facility. Um, there's a lot of, uh, like the way, the new way that you're supposed to have jail set up is that the inmates, um, that there's a lot of, that there's clear lines of sight. So the guards are in a place where they can see everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a pod. And then the inmates can, they live there, they eat there, they do all their, they recreate there. The way Rikers is set up, there's a lot of like blind corners and things. Uh, um, so it's an old facility. Yeah, designed uh, with prisoners in mind. Designed with prisoners in Prisoner mind. Prisoner attacks to enable them. And that's an idea that has since become less popular right actually it's probably something they didn't even conceive of happening quite so often maybe not you know they're probably like it's a prison they mind their manners around you know whatever well remember it's not here's here's something else the advocates say it's not a prison no it is not it's a jail the people there most of them have not gone to trial yet they have not been found guilty they are awaiting trial most of them have gone to trial just for other shit they've done numerous other times yes but for the crimes that they're there for Right now, they are as innocent as a little baby. Innocent as you and me, as a little baby, 
a Maltese, a Maltese, a Dame Princess, or for that matter, a, a chimp who hasn't yet, yeah, who it, has yet to it, be who punched has, in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Where well, he loses his innocence, innocence. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to go somewhere. So, what? Diff- why, why? I mean, I understand Rikers isn't the modern part and all that stuff, and like yeah. you said. Uh, but it's not like you said it's not a prison so setting it up so I guess jails and prisons can well, be set the, up as a pod I and guess all that. they like to think that but what's um, going to happen well How's they say it? that they'll have local county jails okay which are smaller and easier to manage Presu- well that's that's what they say but, but it's a bunch of separate jails on Rikers anyway well the idea is that a lot of time and energy is spent taking people back and forth from Rikers to court Oh, right, like gas and a guy to drive and some people to, like, make sure they don't uh, steal the truck. Right. So the idea is, like, well, if they were in their home borough, then right next to the courthouse. Right. If the jail was next to the courthouse, it would be much easier to get them back and forth. Yeah, because this guy doesn't want to travel all the way to some island. Right. Let me go. And for that matter, why not, when you said in their home, I thought maybe that was the end of the sentence, you well, know, just let them yeah. stay in their homes. Well, you know what? I was listening to the um, to the city council hearing recently on the progress that's being made, or the lack of progress, rather. Right. And to hear these council members, they were so angry. They were like, why hasn't there been more movement on this? We need to get this going now. Basically, you would have thought that all you have to do is set these guys up in like four to six person group homes. Give them a key. Right. Tell them when their next court date is. And say, don't go anywhere till then. Or just, stay just like, here. yeah, or just make sure that you're a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mind your manners. Keep your nose clean. That the whole problem is really not that these are like, you know, Wait, violent they, criminals. Is that a real idea to set them up in four to six person group homes? No, or, but that's the way they were. That's acting. the way they were acting. So, yeah, uh, why hasn't more been done on it? Well, there's uh, there's no place to put them, really. I'd say, and and besides that, uh, look, I mean, I, I if you put them in their homes, forget the group home, just, just leave them at home, because not all these. Why why should somebody be locked up pre-trial because they don't have the money for bail? Right? Well, that's that's what they say. Okay, so like, uh, why should a guy be locked up in a jail for you know, like uh, throwing a say throwing a bottle at a police cruiser? That's you know, or domestic violence. Right. So he beats up his wife. Why should he have to be locked up where he can't even see his wife now? Right. He can't wait for her uh, to come home so he can help with the groceries or you know, uh, yeah, and visit make with make his up. children. Make you know, up. of course, make up. You know, settle this thing. And still get make- it settled. Get it settled between the two of them. Yeah. You know, he can't settle it from Rikers. Right. He can't even have a conversation with her. Right. If she's not willing to come and see him or call him, he can't even and if speak she won't, to if her. If she won't listen. And if she won't listen, then that's another problem to overcome. <laughs> we're talking about counseling that needs to occur. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, and here's something else. We that- are reducing the communication, enabling, really, uh, this whole situation where people don't stay in the home. Right. And then another problem is well, and men one, is who I'm talking about. Men, of course, of course. One thing that they've said is that, um, in a good way to get the population of Rikers down, they do have something called supervised release. Where okay, yes, uh, you're going to wait for trial. You're going to, you know, you committed a crime. You're going to be on supervised release. That means, you know, you have to check in. 
So typically they don't do this for violent felons, right? Like if you're over violent criminals, like if you're awaiting a, a, a violent charge, they don't give you just supervised release. Hey, that's just a charge though. First right. Of all. And so they're saying, why don't we just do it for people who are 18 to 23? Supervised release, violent criminals, people on violent charges. Yeah. But, the, you know. But they're 18 to 23. That, that's basically just like kids. They're children. They're children. Yeah. Of course, that is the cohort that commits the preponderance of violent crime. Of course. They're kids. <laughs> what do they <laughs> know? Kids they're kids do. are just kids being kids. And, and they want to criminalize that. Maybe they've been knuckleheads. Right. I think they've been... Why are we criminalizing childhood? Why are we criminalizing childhood? Why are we criminalizing knuckleheads? He makes one mistake... Right. Oh, he he threw a spitball at somebody. Oh, right. Put him exactly. in solitary confinement. Oh, oh, my God. Electrocute him. Right. Yeah, why not? Death penalty for knuckleheads. Right. Who throw spitballs. That's what they want to do. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, look, a lot less electricity is required for a cattle prod than an electric chair. What if they could have supervised release? A guy with a cattle prod follows him around everywhere he goes. Well. If he starts to do a, an offense... Then knuckleheadism. Yeah. <laughs> if he's trying to pull some kind of knucklehead crime, like, you know, like I said, stalk his ex-wife. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking about just go see her, spend time with her, even, you know, vigorously argue with her, even passionately declare his point. Look, we, I'm sorry. We have the right to be heard still. <laughs> you know, I'm only charged with a crime. I'm not a convict. Uh, and uh, and frankly, you know, although we're not legally married, I would say to this person, say they're not even legally married. Say it's just a girl you like that you were seeing or haven't seen or haven't seen and want to see or watch. You just want to, yeah. You maybe you've been watching her. You've seen her on the street. She's beautiful, and you want to speak to her. And now you've assaulted her uh, through allegedly, allegedly, allegedly through no fault of your own. I'm sure. I mean, like through no. You may be at fault legally, but you know you've taken at to account. At some point, that fault. will be adjudicated. Knucklehead, knuckleheads, just you know, yeah, exactly. It'll be litigated. It'll be adjudicated, and then let we'll find out. Knuckleheads be knuckleheads. Look, let them play. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about knucklehead uh, Facebook policies. Now, here's the policy on breasts. Okay, this is like we're transitioning to uh, the end. Here, we'll talk about uh, a little piece of fan mail. Here, we got and some new stuff on the Patreon. But first, the fa- uh, Facebook policies on breasts you know that facebook has a lot of policies uh here's what their their policy on breasts we also restrict some images of female breasts if they include the nipple Hmm. but our intent is to is to allow images that are shared for medical or health purposes nice and it says we also allow photos of women actively engaged in breastfeeding nice uh or showing breasts with post mastectomy scarring and i just want to say yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I mean, because uh, look, we we want breasts that are not going to be sexualized. We want breasts that aren't and, there. And 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, those will not be sexualized by anybody. You're because that's acknowledging the unattractiveness of the post mastectomy scarring. No one is going to masturbate to this. No one is going to objectify that. So it's okay. And that's what that's the way it needs to be. Yeah. Same with the breastfeeding woman. There's nothing less sexual right than some woman with her tit flopped out and a baby sucking on it in fact it it makes me feel like never fucking right you know somebody you see a nice set of tits you're like i want to push those together and just fuck those tits you know yeah i'm not thinking that when i see a breastfeeding no thinking uh 
why don't you go someplace else? You know, <laughs> why don't you go have this beautiful experience no. someplace personal? No, no. We should have no. a room. No. You think that that's like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, and I, that that's empowering? <laughs> well, of course, I happen to be a person who finds beauty and empowerment to be that's dis- done. to be disgusting. Uh, like I'm not. F- I don't like beauty. I, I, I'm a bittersweet kind. Of, I like bitter chocolate, dark chocolate. You know, um, I like I, it's it's a flavor thing. Yeah, they, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that it's right or wrong. It's my personal taste. Okay. And and I shouldn't extend that to other people and assume they feel the same way. But I just think it's like if you're breastfeeding. Now, what it doesn't say is that it has to be breastfeeding a baby. So this could be a man, <laughs> a full grown man. Yeah. Uh, or another woman, or preferably two, women, two lactating women breastfeeding each other. Yeah, like a sixty nine uh, sort of uh, milk brunch. And that's fine, sure. Uh, and if and including the nipple is big too. So the tits, fine. Nipples, dirty. Nipples. Yeah. They think the nipples are the part that causes a sexual thought. I think this is a Lenny Bruce routine. The nipples, <laughs> the nays and the nipples. <laughs> the best imitation of Lenny Bruce I've ever seen is on a show now. It's a Maisel or something like that. This woman uh, is a comedian. She becomes a comedian accidentally because her husband, who leaves her, had been trying to become a comedian. Is that a funny show? It has its moments. Uh, and uh, the guy portraying Lenny Bruce, I can honestly say, I've seen Dustin Hoffman as Lenny. Uh, not a very good impression vocally. Not a very good impression of his uh, even... The rhythm of the way he spoke. This guy's dead fucking on. Really? It's fucking nuts. Yeah. I, I, he does a very good job. I mean, if you side by side, you could tell the difference, but the guy's on it. Huh. I don't know who the actor is, but uh, I, I don't even know if the ne- it's, it's Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. I don't know what the fuck anything comes on. But anyway, that's a uh, sure. Uh, What's uh, the uh, fan mail? Oh, well, let's, let's just go right into the fan mail then. Uh, this is uh, from uh, a listener uh, slash viewer uh, who uh, writes about, uh, he says, and, and I quote the uh, fan mail now about your compound media show. Never knew you, who you were before I heard you on Kumia's network. Your show, Crime Report, seemed like it started out as being pretty inside uh, New York, but I still thought it was interesting because I like your take on things. Your new Trump series is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's great to hear someone talk so unabashedly about how great the new administration is. So uh, thank you for that. Wow, you've got a fan for um, all of your outlets. He he likes the whole the whole thing, uh, and uh, that's appreciated. Uh, also, you know what? I, I have one one other one that I'll uh, mention to you now because uh, it involves you specifically. It involves me. Yeah, you wait. Hold on, I'm interested. You. Keep talking while I go in and grab my phone. Okay, so so Pat's um, leaving me to kind of handle the show now, and this is an unusual situation. Um, normally, I don't get to just take control of the reins. Do 69 with a bear. 69 with a bear. Banged her. But now's the time. Banged her. I'm in charge now. Banged her. Earn, earn. Listen up. Banged her. Pat Dixon, he's nobody. Oh, hey, Pat. Wait, I'm back. All right, so uh, this is... Uh, from a uh, a fan who wrote to me on Instagram uh, and uh, Pat Dixon NYC at Instagram. That's so cool. Yeah, are, are you on the gram? 
I'm not. Not on the IG? No. Well, I am at Pat Dixon NYC. And so uh, this comes to uh, comes to me from I'm a on guy. I'm squirt. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Creepy Baby Jane, who, by the way, I, I recommend you follow. Creepy Baby Jane is a great account with uh, a lot of uh, creepy, creepy little gifts, mostly, of... Uh, a lot of odd things, dolls and and the like. Okay, uh, you see a lot of that. He says, "If you don't mind me asking, where did you meet Seth? He's a very interesting person. You mm-hmm. play off him so well." He said, "I love the shows uh, where you two are together. Uh, don't get me wrong; you're unbelievably uh, relaxed when Bobo is on the panel. This is in reference to Crime Report on Compound, obviously, uh, is on the panel. But when Seth is there, it seems like you're having more fun. I do hope I'm not being annoying." And he says, uh, just having to say so indicates I probably am. Far from it, hmm. creepy baby Jane. Hmm. I don't mind that comment at all. No. He says, please answer when you have uh, absolutely nothing else in the world to do, which is what it's exactly where I'm at right now. Yeah. And he says, Merry Christmas. I, I do hope it's your best one. Yeah. What a, what so a what nice does he fan. want to know? He wants to know where you met me? Yeah. Uh, you read my blog. Yeah, I did. I read uh, your blog, uh, City Beat. City Council Watch. City Council Watch. Oh, okay. And uh, I was down a rabbit hole that night. I, I recall... Coming across it and going like, oh, wait, here's a guy who's uh, talking some sense. I like this. So I wrote and told you I liked it. And then you responded. And then when I responded back, I mentioned the show. And uh, you're like, oh, I'll check it out. Uh, And then I I didn't. That was it for a while. Mm. Right? And then then you wrote me and said, uh, uh, hey, I would be willing to do your show. And I was like, okay. Isn't that how it happened? Something like that. I don't don't remember how we... uh Honestly, I don't either. I did, yeah. The first thing you did was I interviewed you on Compound, yeah. and uh, that uh, is is in the archive, and uh, and then and then this. So yeah, that's uh, long story short. Uh, I guess we met online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not that much to the story. I want people to know about all new content on Patreon.com that I just put up. If you don't know yet. Uh, if you're on Patreon, you already know. If you're not on Patreon, then uh, with me, Patreon.com. I don't really do a hard sell on this. You know, you know, I make about uh, a couple hundred dollars a month on it. You know what last podcast on the left makes? Something like, last time I looked, I think it was like eight grand a month. Sure's gone up since then. And that's uh, even when you split it three ways for those fuckers. Uh, that's a lot. Speaking of gigantism. Uh, they have. <laughs> yeah. How, they have, come, how can we get your podcast to make more money? Well, uh, you know, it, it otherwise it doesn't pay at all. Patreon.com uh, is like, uh, you know, if you split it up on the episodes, that means for the you know thousands and thousands of people who listen, if if everybody who listens regularly, right, were to give like, uh, were to say like, okay, a buck a month, mm-hmm. that's a quarter a show. I'd be happy. I'd be very very happy with that. It would be. Uh, that that would that would be very good for me. That would be that'd be plenty. In fact, I, I would I would almost like not welcome that. It would be so much money. If Pat if if Pat had a dollar for every person who listens to this show regularly, he could like comfortably buy cigarettes, <laughs> Wait, which I continue to buy uncomfortably by getting people to bring me a carton from Florida when they visit, <laughs> like that, New Jersey. Pennsylvania. I want to tell you about the new content. The, the amazing Mia Vallis came on for a visit, and uh, we have a clip of her. Uh, it's uh, episode 40 of the show, and uh, Jackie Martling is on the show. Remember Joke Man Jackie Martling, Tlaib Starks, author of The Uncivil War and Black Lives Matter. He, and then there's another guy. He's like a lawyer or something. Mike Figgs is on the show. 
legendary Mark Ebner, who uh, is the guy who um, really began the whole push. Uh, like he was uh, un- uncovering uh, the uh, Scientology, Scientology, right? Yeah, uh, un- uncovering some of the Scientology stuff. Ebner is great. He's a great journalist out, out in L.A. Uh, and uh, he skypes in for that show. He weighs in on everything. Also, Luigi is there, Mario's brother. And expresses a, an intense crush on on Mia. It's like 22 minutes of that. Great stuff. If you want to watch it, now, uh, Mia Vallis, uh, by the way, fucking incredible. Just inc- an incredibly attractive woman. Oh, she's in her underwear uh, most oh. of the time. As a bonus, uh, they'll have fun in black and white photos of that uh, of her appearance being sexy with the panel. Uh, also, uh, uh, just added a, and and hey, look, you may see this particular thing uh, someplace else. Uh, so it's not that this is one thing on here that will not always be a Patreon exclusive and uh, it possibly isn't now Doug Nelson's cartoon rendering of uh, New York City crime report stories are they're they're great uh, so uh, is uh, he, he sort of like has us talking you and I uh, having a conversation mm-hmm. and uh, he's uh, he combined sort of like uh, it's uncut short clips from this podcast uh, favorite stories from there with his own quick draw animation it puts a whole new twist to some kind of a Weirder, uh, some of our weirder conversa- conversational turns there uh, are, are, you know, shown uh, as an animation there, like a little cartoon. He adds a dimension to the story. Uh, yeah, uh, most recently, Love Gun from that episode, the shotgun uh, fetish of that woman. Oh, so uh, it's us talking about that from the most recent episode. So you know, hey, this is new and fresh. Where can, where can I see that? You can see it at Patreon.com. All you got to do is ten bucks a month. Wait, I have to pay ten dollars a month. Yes. to be on your show. Yes. Oh. No, 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 not to be on it. Just to watch it. No, to but watch me. It. But me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to make it go up. Yeah. But What's your incentive to pay uh, okay. if I don't? I'm sorry, Seth. Uh, that's only like... That's, <laughs> he's got the blues. <laughs> okay, you can have it for free. Okay. Wednesday nights, uh, myself and Adrian Pat Dixon, uh, along with occasional visits from meteorologist Alexis Delon- uh, Deloney, excuse me, she hates it when I say Delaney, but doesn't Alexis Delaney sound sexier than Alexis Deloney, yeah. which rhymes with fucking baloney? Yeah. Ex-exterminator Larry Izzo, uh, honest Jeff Katzman, Urban Tarzan, many others, They tur- we turn on the cameras, basically, and the mics, and we just uh, hang out and try to crack each other up. We did, we've recorded a lot of Wednesday nights, and uh, this was a fun one. Uh, in this iteration, it's just myself and a- uh, Agent Pat Dixon, uh, who is Ryan Katz Rivera, discussing a little of everything. Uh, and this was uh, just after the story to lecture 2016, unedited, 25, uh, excuse me, 28 minutes of that. So we're looking at some a lot of entertainment here. Uh, Invisible Tony Tudor. He uh, basically is a floating head the whole time because uh, he's uh, against the green screen and he's put on a green hoodie. Oh, got it. And so, like, uh, he's the forgotten man from the Forgotten Borough, Tony Tudor, and, and, and he's, uh, we have this very long conversation. The whole, the whole video is an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, it's uncut. It's completely weird. And uh, we, we talk about a lot of uh, a lot of crimes, a lot of interesting shit. There was a, a guy who uh, kept a dead body in Jersey for a while. We discussed that for the show. Hour and 40 minutes. Great special. It's almost all me and Tony Tudor. Uh, also, uh, some uh, the, the footage of uh, myself and uh, Jessica Delfino makes an appearance on the show. Mm. Jessica Delfino, uh, singer-songwriter uh, in Brooklyn, and she's uh, uh, condemned by the uh, Catholic League. Really? So, yeah, she's uh, she's of note. Uh, singer uh, and songwriter convincingly delivers a song about dolphins being rapists. While uh, oh, yeah. she's also extremely pregnant and overheated and cranky. Well, her last name means dolphin. Does it really? Delfino? 
Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Gino Biscotti and Kevin Downey Jr. are on there. And so, hey, uh, if things like that sound interesting to you, things like that go up. Yeah. This is the new content. There was, yeah. uh, there was other stuff there before. This is uh, the most recently added stuff on the $10 level. It's also a $5 level. It has Go Topless special and uh, you know, and, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so... You know, at, at any at any level that you want to contribute, it's it's appreciated and, and you gain access according to the amount that you contribute. I think the most is twenty, and we have uh, some people who who actually kick in uh, twenty dollars a month. My my friend Max is one of them. Why don't you set it so twenty is the minimum, and five hundred is the recommended? <sighs> well, you know, because uh, I'm also the kind of I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking for the world. I'm not asking for. Uh, I, I'm not trying to buy a car here. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to do? Uh, a few bucks for the effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To keep yourself in New York posts and cold coffee. Right. Yeah, just just trying to get by. Uh, here's a comment from uh, Patreon.com. Uh, this is in reference to the, the episode that we posted. Uh, discussing the sentencing of the woman who cut open a, a woman for her baby. Yeah. Episode 322, I believe. Uh she said, imagine if both ladies faked the pregnancy. I wonder how long she'd dig around. <laughs> it's actually pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Yeah, she is funny. Jess Robson, she uh, is a, a, free, a commenter, frequent commenter there on Patreon.com. And we appreciate that. Thanks. I said, that's the Rod Serling twist the story was lacking. Uh, she also mentioned this. Now, I, I, she said, you really do make, a, make me laugh all the time as a reference back. She said, she really do. Uh, and she said, I can imagine it's a little weird uh, working with no immediate feedback. Crime Report is versatile in the sense that there is something for any mood. She says, uh, there's an element of storytelling, whether it be the crimes themselves or the people behind them. Uh, there is a timeless aspect to human nature. She says, evident in the stories you decide to share. When listening, I find that this, and then parenthetically, almost mythical city of New York is still the naked city of my imagination. It says, I enjoy the escape. And, and uh, she also says, uh, I'd love to catch a totally fucked up live show. And again, about you, you're mentioned again. Seth seems like he would be a, na- he should be a natural. I gotta catch up on my crime report. Hmm. So thanks for those comments and for your uh, generous support on Patreon.com, Jess Robson. Yeah, Jess. And he was a natural. You were a natural. Thanks. You, you're very good uh, when we did the Westside Comedy Club. We're, we're, I think in March, maybe we will do another one. Maybe maybe we'll do another one. I don't know, but maybe it will be in March at the Westside Comedy Club. So stay tuned. We'll let you know. That'll be fun. We'll do it very soon. Sure. Have it better. Yeah, it will, we'll make it even better. I think that's what we'll do. We'll actually, plug, yeah, we'll we'll actually push play and start recording. <laughs> and it'll be great. So thanks to uh, thanks for all that stuff on, on Patreon. Thanks for listening. And uh, and Seth, uh, thanks for hanging out. I, I want to tell people about like, your... Uh, just, oh, wait, wait, wait. Well, uh, I, can I just give myself a plug? Yeah, of course. I'll be um, <laughs> I'll be appearing at Chuckleheads in North Raritan. Oh, no kidding! On Tuesday, um, and then Wednesday, I will be at Silly Bones in um, uh, Conshohocken. Wait, I've been trying to get into the Conshohocken Silly Bones for years. Um, I'm going to be uh, next weekend. I'm going to be at um, at uh, Funny Feathers in Tottensville. <laughs> So down in Staten Island, yeah. So catch, catch him at Funny Feathers. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. All my fans can uh, reach me at all of those venues. Thanks one more time, sir. Thanks, Pat. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime.
you 69 with a bear.